You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the To and Out CFL Podcast. Oh, baby! Every week, Travis Kura. That's Greg Company, which is a different person. And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people, too. Talk fantasy football, bring you the latest in CFL news, and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Oh, nearly intercepted it is! And it's over! Ready, set, hunt! Thanks for pressing play on this episode of To It Out. It's Travis Kura, it's Brazilian Tide, it's Sheldon Jones. I have no idea how uh, we're going to keep this thing together, but I'm sure it's going to be interesting. Brazilian tie being on the show for the first time in a few weeks. Look at that mully. And if Sheldon wasn't such a coward, we'd have two mullies on the show. Hey, um, even mullies need an off season. <laughs> no, it, it's, it's not, it's not a season. It's not a, it's not a phase. It's a way of life. Sheldon, the lifestyle. You're right. I'm having my Morgan wall in summer. So now I might have to shave my head, but I'm not. I'm not there yet. I'm. I'm keeping this to ruin Christmas photos. Are, are you just gonna do whatever he does with his hairstyle? <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Seems to work for him. I've, I guess I've shaved my head before, and it's not a great look. <laughs> yeah, that that hat wouldn't be leaving your dome. <laughs> it doesn't, for the most part, anyway. So. Now, uh, I don't know if this next 45 minutes or so is, so is going to be us just making fun of Sheldon, but I'm here for it. And uh, I think he's ready like We for should us. probably just, like, we could just read the group chat. <laughs> but, like, edited. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> We'd need lots of redaction. Redact- yeah, it'd be, it'd be uh, Good Morning Vietnam style. I'm not ready for prison just yet. Um. <laughs> you would fare well in prison. I would not. I would have fans. Let's just say that. <laughs> Only fans? <laughs> <laughs> Week 19 of the CFL starts with the Ticats hosting the Lions. Well, here we go, man. The Lions are four-point favorites here, but I'm not sure how I uh, actually feel about that. What are we going to get from the Ticats? It seems like they're keeping teams guessing just by what they're going to do at quarterback, Sheldon. Yeah, uh, it, they're probably the hottest team in the league right now, you could argue. Um, I don't know. Bo looked actually pretty decent in there. I took him out pretty early, so pulled a Kawhi Leonard there or something. But uh, <laughs> he, uh, Schultz looked good too. So, But they were playing the Riders, so what does that say? I guess when you are, you know, trying to work Bo back into the lineup and get him reps and knock off the rust. <laughs> That's it, the team to it, do it against. And it's a bonus if you're going to win in the process. I think that's yeah. what's blowing me away. Well, and, you know, the, we talk about these guys getting number one reps in practice and all that stuff when they're trying to come back or, like, when they are injured, who's getting the number one reps? The reps in practice are great, but to get those reps at game speed, even if it isn't against the riders, uh, is even better than getting it in practice. So I guess we, we don't know exactly what they're going to do this week. Um Last week, I mean, we knew that Bo was coming back. I don't think we thought he'd be in there for six passes or whatever it was and then come out of the game. And then the week before, Taylor Powell starts. He's in there for a uh, you know a few passes, and then out comes Matthew Schiltz. And he's been playing good ball since coming off the injury, and he torched 
the riders at Mosaic Stadium. Uh, I, I I do wonder if that is sort of a result of the riders and their lack of intensity as of late, or also it, it seems like Schultz is that quarterback, Ty. He comes off the bench and makes big plays instantly. He seems like he's always just been that guy. Yeah, and I don't know if that's partially on the defense as well. Like It's, it's hard to game plan for a backup coming yeah. in, and especially when, you know, right now that – if you're going to, you have to pick one quarterback to game plan against, you're not going to game plan against both of these guys. So it kind of opens up the door a little bit for Schultz to come in and do that. If they are going to continue to start Bo. And I think as with these last couple games here, Bo will probably get more and more playing time as, as it gets closer to playoffs. So I think teams will be focusing more on Bo than will be on Schultz. And that'll just keep that option open. No, I, I want to see if the Cats are going to be able to run against the Lions. Brady Oliveira got the ball 11 well, times both, for the They're both Bucks. Cats. Hey. <laughs> That's true. It's the Feline Bowl. You're right. Uh, now I'm totally thrown off. You're welcome. <laughs> Aren't you so glad I came back? <laughs> That's what you're here for. Yeah. I, I, I think you'll just be... I don't know, Statler or Waldorf. just Or a combination of both. (laughs) Both of them into one guy. Um, Brady Oliveira did have success running the ball against BC. He had over six yards of carry and a rushing touchdown. But he also had 85 receiving yards. So the running back did have success against the Lions. What I'm saying is that there have been teams that have absolutely struggled running the ball in uh, Vancouver or against them. Cough, Saskatchewan cough. Um, but Hamilton here, it, it's just a matter if they're going to commit to James Butler. And uh, maybe, look, Brady Oliver is a special talent. He's having a special season. Maybe that is uh, part of the reason why they were able to have so much success there. But uh, James Butler's got talent. He can catch the ball, and of course he can run the ball, and he gets better and better as uh, they get him the ball more. And the Ticat offensive line has really sort of turned around over the past few weeks. It's been a, a an area of concern for the team. But uh, I, I say if the Cats can run against the Leos, there we go, then uh, <laughs> they've got a good chance here at home. And the Thai Cats still have a chance, well, the Lions do too, at that East semifinal. And with a Montreal-Hamilton showdown uh, coming up here at the end of the season, this is a game that the Thai Cats should be hungry to win, right, Ty? I would think so. Uh, you want to host that playoff game. I mean, you get a Saturday afternoon at home. People will be like, it's a great spot tailgate. There's it's in a like residential area. There's lots of places to go before the game. It'll be an absolute gong show in the stands and Hamilton will feed off that thing, get that home game in the playoffs. And you know what, Sheldon? Uh, I don't know how you feel about this. We got to give props to old uh, number 21. Simone Lawrence, 34 years old. He's hungry. He had two sacks against the Riders, five tackles, a forced fumble. He's actually only one sack away from his career high. Of course, he's a he's a linebacker, but <laughs> he's really turned it on the past few weeks, and he's ended up here with a very nice season. Yeah, he's uh he's that veteran in the in the locker room, right? So he's gonna get dialed in, and and it's no surprise that the rest of the team has 
kind of shown that. I'm still kind of throwing off that you guys did a Statler from Waldorf joke and it wasn't about me. Uh, That's very fair. But uh, <laughs> when you look at this game, right, uh, Hamilton beat BC in their own house last time they played each other. So BC is going to be thinking about that. And Butler did run on them a lot. So he did. we'll see if they, use, if they use that same game plan or not. I guess he does have that uh, extra level of uh, intensity playing his old team, so that does help him. Uh, the Ticats secondary does have the uh, pendant, I guess you could put it, to, to give up the big play. And uh, the Lions have the ability to make the big play. So <laughs> with the Ticats giving up uh, 28 completions of 30 or more this season, that is third most in the CFL. The Lions, they still have an outside shot for first in the West. I think it's one of those things where they probably have to win out and Winnipeg has to it lose. It gets a lot harder after choking away last week. Yeah, it's it, it's not likely that they'll win first or get first, but if they want to, they, they got to go in at win. So, hey, they've got deep threats. A lot of them, man. <laughs> Hollins, Hatcher, and number 19, Dominic Rhymes, getting back up to speed. So the Ticats are going to have to watch out for a few guys, Ty. Yeah, and I mean, who do you pick like to to really focus on when it comes to that receiving core? Uh, Vernon Adams Jr. kind of just has a plethora of options. And it, it's almost, it seems unfair and it sucks for, for fantasy too because you, you just don't know what to do. Because it can be any one of those three or four guys any given week, and, and it's a crapshoot. And if it's hard for us to pick a player that you think he's going to key in on, just imagine how bad it is for a for a defensive coordinator to, <laughs> to try to figure it out. Let's look at the other Friday night game where the Calgary Stampeders are three point favorites over the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. The over under that, of that, is, that line is atrociously low. That's what I thought too, but then you think so you're about saying it's what a pick em, and because done. Calgary gets three points because of the home team, like <clears throat> well, they both do suck. But. <laughs> I mean, that's fair, but like the riders are the suckiest bunch of sucks that have ever sucked. I mean, they just plain out suck. But the I've reality is before. that <laughs> one of these teams are going to be in the playoffs, and it's going to be the Stamps. That's the question. The, the CFL runs their simulation around this time every year. And actually, the Stamps got the edge in the simulation. And they've got a game in hand. Are, are you saying writers? Are you saying we are in a simulation right now? Whoa. <laughs> Wouldn't would it be yes. awesome if this podcast, like, I, I just, I just think... It's hilarious if it just transitioned to something so stupid and off the wall that every Wait. listener of the show, well, I mean, I guess, yeah. that does happen for moments at a time. <laughs> but like if this is a simulation, I got some people. I I, I want to talk to somebody. <laughs> Who's calling the shots here? Yeah, because this like. You couldn't have made you could have made it so I could still take opioids. Like so they didn't have to take me off of them. That would have been greatly appreciated. You're gonna rip my gallbladder out. At least give me the good stuff. <laughs> the way I understand it, it's almost like they used the, uh, you know, a little butter knife to get your uh, gallbladder out. It wasn't in yeah, good that's, shape. That's what they do. Yeah. Oh, okay. well, <laughs> if you dip it in rubbing alcohol, I'm sure it's uh, it's clean. I've- 
we don't need any more alcohol in this body. <laughs> already in there. Now, the the riders are limping into this game, and the stamps are coming off the bye. Normally, this looks like it would be a juicy, mm-hmm. juicy game for the stamps, but they just haven't taken advantage of these opportunities at all this year. So I, I don't know what we're going to get. I guess the change is that the stamps are at home. Uh, They've got a chance there. And these two teams this year, they've had entertaining games to watch. That's that's the bottom line. They were back in the summer. Now this one means a lot when it comes down uh, to the playoff race. Now the Stamps here, even if they do win, they would have to get a win over BC or Calgary. Or, yeah, Winnipeg. They'd have to beat Winnipeg. And who knows what Winnipeg's going to trot out there on the last week of the regular season, if they're going to be starting anybody. Because basically, if they do finish first, it would be two weeks of a a bye for the Bombers. So maybe they'll give Zach and Brady the first half or whatever it is. But the the, the destiny is in Calgary's hands. And the, the Riders come in here with one, two... Three, four, hey, LeBron. five <laughs> consecutive losses, Sheldon. Not the time of year, obviously, when you want to crumble. You mean five consecutive reasons why Craig Dickinson should be fired? Is that I, what you mean? I have seen people saying, even if the Riders make the playoffs and lose the next few games, he's still gone. That he should be gone before the West semifinal. Make the playoffs and fire him. That, that <laughs> oh yes, I don't think it would ever happen. But they they needed to do it this week. They needed to do it a long time ago. The Riders should have never won that game against BC. But if they would have fired him and cut a player, that would have sent a message to the team that. Listen, <laughs> there's still games to play. There's like apparently practice was super lackadaisical. Uh, oh, he's lost the I, room, I think. Yeah, it looked yeah. Like. But that's what I read on Rider fans. Somebody who goes to watch all the practices, they said that it was just a normal practice. You would think after the most embarrassing Rider game in my memory that they would have a little bit of fire, but there's nothing there. So the staffs are going to put fifty on them. The Stamps will get the over on their own. <laughs> the, the, the Riders, they actually have a bye in the last week of the regular season. If there's ever a time to fire a coach. <laughs> if you make, if they make the playoffs, fire, and then you have two weeks. That would be unprecedented. Like, that that, that would actually be. Devils and Lou Lamorello, man. Hey, that's true. <laughs> You'd have to shave your beard, though. Oh, yeah, that's that's <laughs> the dumb. one thing. Them and the Yankees are yeah. so stupid. That's a dumb rule. You know, I thought yeah. when we went on YouTube, I would actually uh, take more pride into grooming my facial hair a little bit, but no. You're yeah, married. Where is she going to go? <laughs> I think it's actually gone downhill. Yeah. But, uh, like if there's anybody that should work on their grooming, I think you're looking at them. <laughs> I don't know. That mustache is well trimmed and that hair. Look at now he's got the flow coming out of the hat. Mom hates it so much. I I found a white patch under here and I am devastated. 
Like, it's not just a white hair, it's a white patch. The Fountain of Youth is not working anymore for uh, Sheldon Jones. You got, like, Arlene Dickinson in your beard? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what a great reference. Thank you. Thank you. And that's, like, a specific few seasons mm-hmm. of Dragon's Den, because she doesn't even do that anymore. Nope. <laughs> uh, new season of Dragon's Den started a few weeks ago on CBC. You would. You would. <laughs> Uh, the Calgary Stampeders oh, have given son up, of a critch. <laughs> they've given up 5.9 yards per care. You know what? Everybody thought Shit's Creek was great like when it went on know. Netflix, but when it was on CBC, CBC no. everybody thought I was a loser for watching. I'm like, oh, that's fine. Yeah. You don't enjoy good comedy then. Yeah, it hits watch Netflix. The big, watch oh. the Big Bang Theory and be be part of the, the, the cog that spins the wheel. Yeah, coolest Basic. show in the world when it hits Netflix. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. What a tragic ending to Kim's Convenience, by the way, too. Um, great shows on uh, CBC. I think we found what our next podcast Just CBC. <laughs> I started watching the television newsroom. properties. Oh, really? Like, not the HBO one, but like the old one with like Peter or what's his name? Oh. You know the guy I'm talking about. The original. Was, yeah, like the CBC one. Stephen Holtler. Hots is in it and so yeah, it's it's hilarious. Oh, I thought you were just watching reruns of Peter Mansbridge newscasts. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's called the National. <laughs> oh, just starting the National from the beginning. Yeah, it's like uh, watching Raw, like there's like the storylines matter. <laughs> uh, the Calgary Stampeders have given up five point nine yards per carry. Sheldon, will the riders I mean, I, I guess that's a bright spot. Uh, Jamal Morrow had a good game against the Thai Cats. Uh, I, I guess the thing is, will they commit to it with uh, Jamal Morrow again here at, at McMahon Stadium? Well, it seems like they'll run up the middle or they'll throw a five-yard hitch. So I guess, yeah, maybe he'll get some running. Uh, they're going to be down early, I I think. Yeah. So uh, That was, was going to be... be my thought, too. Yeah, sorry for stealing it, but uh, they're going to be down early, and so Jake's going to be throwing it, uh, oh. and yeah, it's going to not be good. <laughs> <laughs> like, remember when I first started doing like the the bridge, like the wax segment, and I would do it, like after work, and I'd just be bagged. That is how Sheldon is talking right now about this Riders team. Like, there is no emotion. Like, he's just. Like he does, he does not Eeyore. care anymore. <laughs> I am so <laughs> deflated. Okay, like. I'm I'm really glad we didn't do a reaction show because I probably would have been crying <laughs> to be honest. Like, wow. this is worse than the well, 13th man for me. Like, neither like, for one real. of your football teams have a quarterback. And, Are and, you serious, Sheldon? Yes, that worse game was than worse. The 13th man. Yes, I'm the bald. 13th man. 13th the 13th man. man. One player up. Mm. and a coach. <laughs> I don't know. They screwed up the entire last five minutes of the fourth okay but i'm saying yeah but i'm saying that play the riders would have still won the gray cup right this was an entire collective team that just took a dump at midfield for when they were honoring george reed the greatest player in their history and the best team i guess in their history like i guess that's why i if if they weren't up 
for that. Exactly. How what, are they going like, to be up for this? Yeah. Yeah, and <laughs> they've won. John's going to cry again. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. <laughs> if if I didn't have the the experience after the game, that was awesome. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But at least getting to meet G-Roy and Darian at the Hotel yeah, Sask. And, and and I saw a live Coach Phil rant that in the mm-hmm. middle of the Sask Hotel bar, which I thought he was going to get kicked out of. Uh, <laughs> it was hilarious. But The uh, Riders have signed a DB, uh, Abu Durami Saray. Now, he played with Winnipeg earlier this season. He had some nice games. So mm-hmm. uh, they had some injury issues in the Winnipeg secondary early on. They got him some playing time. So I, I, I don't know. That's that's depth to the back end in Saskatchewan. It's all about how can they uh, get that physicality up and get that emotion up. And <laughs> They just need to care. How, how do you get the guys yeah. to care at this point? And I think that's what we'll say about Calgary. Dave Dickinson clearly cares. Uh, he's got a lot on his plate doing the GM and the head coach thing, but he still has fire. And uh, he's going to want to beat his brother. And that, that's what it comes down here, comes down to here. Reggie Bagleton hasn't practiced uh, as of Monday or Tuesday. Tommy Lee Lewis either. I guess that's not injury related. Uh, he hasn't practiced the first couple days this week. So uh, th- those are some big, big pieces uh, for the Calgary Stampeders that they will miss if they do not play. As for the Riders, as of Tuesday, there were some impact players that hadn't played either. Tevin Jones, um, Derek Moncrief uh, didn't practice as well. But uh, a Western showdown, I, I, I we like to call this the battle of the worst teams in the CFL. But one of them's going to be in the playoffs, so that's that's what it comes down to here. Um, the Edmonton Elks home to the Montreal Alouettes on Saturday. The Owls are one and a half point favorites here. This is completely off the field stuff in Edmonton, but uh, season ticket holders of the team or maybe just upper bowl season ticket holders receiving an email this morning saying that the Elks will close off the upper bowl starting in 2024. The uh, seat capacity at Commonwealth Stadium will now be around 31,000. They will open the upper bowl to seat sales for bigger games. I'm assuming Calgary, you know, obviously Saskatchewan coming to town and things like that. I get the move. Uh, it doesn't mean I need to be happy about it. I've been an upper bowl season ticket holder in Edmonton since 2015. I just find the view better from up there. The the, the uh, gradual uh, stands because of the nature of the stadium. Commonwealth Stadium doesn't have the best sight lines ever in the CFL. But I guess with everybody closer together, they're hoping that it will create a better atmosphere in Edmonton, I don't know. I, I guess I'm kind of just disappointed it came to this tie. Yeah, I, I get the business decision of it, but are people going to get priced out? That's what I'm worried about too, yeah. Right, and it just sucks that they they do this. And I, I honestly think it's because they, they want the money because they can charge higher prices, and it's going to look better on TV. Yeah. I don't think it has anything like the atmosphere isn't going to change if the team isn't winning. It doesn't matter. Yeah. 
Um, we forgot to mention in the previous game that the Riders jacked up their season tickets too. Oh yeah. <laughs> Twenty percent. Like, season ticket prices are never going to go down. Like let's be honest. Yeah. But, but it's a real bad timing. Wow, and we we start to see attendance dipping a little bit for Saskatchewan and. Can't blame fans. Things are expensive. The team's lost five in a row. They're struggling. But I guess in general, uh, another team we could point out there is is Ottawa. <laughs> what, what does the team need to do? I don't even think it matters. I think everybody likes to talk about it. What can a team do when you're out of the playoffs, you're done, in the final few weeks of a season? And it looks, beer night. Well, how do you inspire them to come back next year? That's the big question, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's one of those things where, especially in the CFL, it's it's so tough with the player movement and and everything like that. Like it's you can keep a core together. We've seen it, but you know when you have twenty five, thirty five, forty percent of your roster turning over every year, it's hard to know what those guys coming back coming in from other teams are going to do. So like, yeah, you get all this excitement, you get this hype where you think guys are going to produce and then three games in you're one and two or oh and three. And it's like, Oh, here we go. It's the same old crap again. There there were a few times when, you know, Ottawa would fire the head coach and then the next day they'd send out uh, renewal notices mm. to uh, <laughs> season ticket holders. And I, I honestly wondered if Saskatchewan was going to do that uh, because I, it would help. I feel mm-hmm. like a lot of the uh, season ticket holders there would like to see the change. I, I think in Edmonton, we're not going to see well, a head coaching change. How many people didn't renew in Edmonton because of the president and everything and the stuff that was going on off the field where it was just they were just disconnected and it seemed like they didn't care. Yeah. And people were fed up. And that's before Victor. That's before, before the name Before the name change. You can't blame it on that stuff. Like People were just done because the team it it wasn't the play like yeah the play wasn't great on the field but the front office just seemed to not care that that was the optics anyway and when you get rid of season tickets to get those people back it's it's tough mm-hmm. um i really do think that number 2 is a guy that should sell tickets he's a guy that should sell jerseys for the edmonton elks but next season is going to be massive in his development. I'm just guessing right now, uh, unless uh, Chris Jones brings, uh, I don't know, uh, Zach Wilson. Uh, (laughs) I think, was it a few weeks ago, there were the betting odds of him coming to the CFL and Edmonton led it. Who knows? I think that would be stupid. Uh, Look out. uh, Well, never mind. I'm not going to go there. Um, (laughs) If you know, you know. Um, (laughs) took me way too long. (laughs) Do teams now have enough film on Trey Ford to limit him a little bit? And this is what I mean when next season's going to come around. Defenses, for the most part, are going to know what he's going to bring, uh, what he's going to be capable of. But also, they're going to see some of the games this year and realize that uh, maybe this is how. We beat Trey Ford. Now, some of the things he does, it seems like no matter what you do on defense, you're just not going to stop it. 
there's probably going to be one or two plays of that from him every single game. That touchdown he scored against Toronto last week was insane at the end of the first half. But then in the second half, throws an interception and he's not effective anymore. Um, the Alouettes come into this one wanting to clinch that home playoff game, the East semifinal, which if you told me that was going to happen back in June, I probably would have called you crazy. But here we are. The the Alouettes uh, are taking advantage and they're beating up the teams they should beat, losing to the teams that I guess they should lose to. <laughs> they're the litmus test of the CFL. but They are a pH level of seven. Yeah. <laughs> Tied to uh, teams now have enough film on Trey to make it a little bit tougher on them. I, I would think so. Uh, you know, and it's not only film on trip, but you get to see what other defenses have done and you can pick up stuff from that. Um, and like you said, yeah, there are going to be times where no matter what you do, you can have a spy on him or whatever, yeah. but he's so athletic that he's going to make a play happen. And that, that's going to happen a handful of times a game. And, you know, you just can't let it be the plays that kill you. Yeah. And as, as for Montreal, if they win and they host, how many home playoff games has Fajardo won? in his career. <laughs> so like, wouldn't you rather go to Hamilton? <laughs> I mean, nobody would rather go to Hamilton, but good, good point. Um, we we got to give love to Sean Lemon and, uh, what he's done. He, he only came to the, uh, Alouettes at the end of July. Um, and he's got, Eight sacks, two interceptions, one touchdown, a forced fumble. Are you kidding me? He just got his his 100th career sack last week. The level he is still playing at, he could get to double-digit sacks again, which is, it's crazy here. I feel like he's going to be a man on the mission. When you get to a... sack a quarterback like Trey Ford, that's a badge of honor for a D lineman, Sheldon. Yeah, uh, he, every game it seems he's giving us another reason to talk about why the hell he wasn't signed at the beginning of training mm-hmm. camp, right? So um, I I don't think a team's going to make that mistake again if he's playing next year because yeah. he's shown that he's still dominant, right? Um, it's it's funny like he's been so many different places but now and like he just he's he's always been like mr consistent and he's just playing at a next level right now it's it's impressive do, do you think the late start for him like missing a couple of weeks has kept him fresher though maybe too yeah i think it helps yeah right sure. like it's like yeah maybe a little bit behind the eight ball can like football shape wise but who knows maybe he was staying in shape but i mean we talk about make you, you mentioned Kawhi leonard Right yeah. off the top, like load management, it's a thing. I mean, especially in football, like it's there's a reason we only play once a week. I think those veteran D linemen too, they've been around for so long, they know to take care of themselves, mm-hmm. and uh, you they just want to rush the quarterback, man. Yeah, they have one job, <laughs> and if they don't have to at 35 years old go through the grind of a training camp. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's very fair. I'm down for that. Uh, the Alouettes have uh, won three in a row, but it is including two over Ottawa. Is it a little bit easy for a team to get overconfident, Ty? Yeah. I'm an Oilers fan and a Steelers fan. You want to talk about overconfidence <laughs> in my teams. 
<laughs> just when you think they Kenny should Pickett was going to be the, the second coming of Dan Marino. Went to Pitt. He's right in your backyard. Draft the kid. He sucks. <laughs> Tell me how you really feel. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's a good thing they have a defense. <laughs> but, I mean, like, those 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 guys get paid, too. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it, it's one of those things where you have to look at the strength of opponent when you're looking at stuff like that. Like, yeah, that's great. And like you mentioned, it is two wins against Ottawa. Can you get overconfident? Yeah. And I, I don't know if that's so much on the players. I think that's more of a fan base thing. I think the players know mm. and it's games that they should be winning. And it, it will, if I don't think it makes them overconfidence, but it gives them more confidence like hey we can do this like we are winning games who cares who they we can only beat the teams that are in front of us and it's something they can carry forward yeah that's what i was gonna say too like it like being overconfident can make you be confident and it just you gives you a swagger right and mm-hmm. then you just maybe play better against the teams that are better than you i guess this is where uh it goes against Montreal, and I know they had some starters sit out of the game on Thanksgiving, and they still hammered Ottawa by 25, but playing on the Monday and then traveling to Edmonton for the Saturday, that, that's not a easy assignment. We've seen times this year where the teams on the short week get smashed. We've also seen times this year where teams on the short week, they... Uh, yeah. I'm tired of trying to track that because it just does not help when it comes to gambling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't help at all. Now, uh, with Montreal here, I, I would say that I love their front. I love their linebackers. Of course, Darnell Sankey, Reggie Stubblefield, and uh, Tyrese Beverett. But the secondary has had times this year where they've struggled. And Edmonton has a dog called Geno Lewis, who used to play for the Montreal Alouettes. So you think he's going to want to have a good game against his old team Saturday at Commonwealth Stadium. Christmas in October at the stadium, the final home game of the year. For the uh, Edmonton Elks, which is really weird. We're October even... 11th today. Yeah, that's uh, that's the, the schedule this year. First weekend in November, we've got the playoffs. So uh, <laughs> for Edmonton here, uh, has, is Chris Jones going to be the guy in the 2024? And uh, I think since Trey has come on, They've been an exciting team to watch, and he's done enough to buy himself. They also can't year. afford to fire him, so I guess that helps as well. <laughs> <laughs> the final game of the week has uh, the Ottawa Redblacks uh, visiting the Toronto Argonauts. I guess the question I have about the Argos: uh, Who's going to play? Well, yeah, <laughs> and but the thing is. No matter who they put in, they just crush teams. It just doesn't matter. But I don't know if I want any of them in my fantasy lineup because I don't know who's going to play more than a quarter. Mm-hmm. It's basically yeah. a preseason game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, like if I always take Olet and I'm not even taking him this week. So, uh, l- yeah, I did, I did just check my fantasy before we went on here. Luckily, we don't have the Ocho rules in here because I would have had to do an ice because I got a zero last week Ooh. for William Stanback. Oh, because he did. Oh, play. I've gotten many zeros yeah. this year. 
Yeah. <laughs> fair, fair enough. No, the worst. The Argos have signed receiver Carlton Agadosi to the practice roster. Last week they added Richie Sandani to the pr- practice roster. I mean, the Argos, <laughs> the depth they have is is wild. We, we saw them rest guys against Winnipeg and gave Winnipeg a fit. MLSE uh, is made of money. Like, what yeah. do they care if they got to pay some fines for salary cap management? <laughs> can, can we see the Edmonton dynasty of the late 70s, early 80s fall to the Toronto Argonauts? <laughs> hey, are you guys okay if you see, like, two Grey Cup champions over, you know, a five-year span, Winnipeg and Toronto? I love dynasties. It gives you something to cheer against. I think it's yeah. cool. And well, you always, a fan, I mean, you always need a heel. You always need a heel. Yeah. Like, right now, like, everybody hated the Patriots for 20 years, for 22 years. And now, every, like, there's people in Boston, there's kids in Boston that are 21, 22 years old that have no idea what a bad <laughs> football team looks like. And they're finally, they're getting their comeuppance now. And it feels good, eh? And you can't, and you can't have a baby face without a heel. That's true. There's no Hulk Hogan without the Iron Sheik. Yeah, that's fair. Oh, the Hulkamania was born. Was it 1984, Sheldon? You remember? Uh, Sheldon's already managing the Austin awesome <laughs> Dairy Queen. There it is. Yeah, before it was even built. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, guess, <laughs> uh, I, I gave credit to Ottawa for keeping in it, for fighting, for showing emotion. It wasn't there on Thanksgiving, and uh, I I don't know how they're going to get through these next couple games, really guys playing for a spot next year, and also trying to avoid injury. This is a – it's a tough game to play. It's easy to get hurt, and to get hurt in these last few games, I don't want to put anything out into the universe when the games don't matter – um, and to, to get injured would be would be bad. So these guys need to show something for next year that they want to be playing football, and also they, they do need to stay healthy as well. Um, are we going to see Nick Arbuckle? Is the Nick Arbuckle um, experiment, has the name lost its luster a little bit? Ty, remember when he was the hottest thing coming out of Calgary? How many chances is this guy going to get? Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, you see it in the NFL, too. Like, backups just go team to team to team to team to team, and they just keep carrying a clipboard, make their money, and maybe see a game and a half a year. Man, that's going to be the most lucrative job in the state. Some of those backup quarterbacks do it for two decades and play, like, a game. (laughs) I want to be a bullpen catcher. Yeah. That's a good job. What do they get paid? Don't care. (laughs) At the ballpark every day. I'm sure it's a livable wage. Free hot dogs and bubblegum. Well, hot dogs, hot dogs at the Rogers Center are only a buck on Tuesdays. Yeah. I feel like if I go to a Jays game, it has to be a We gotta a go Tuesday. on a Tuesday. Yeah. yeah. If you're going, like I'm going. I'll have yeah, to yeah. look at the skit. I don't know if I want to go to Sheldon. Well, they play, they'll play the Cubs. Every, you're playing everybody now. So they'll oh, play yeah, the Cubs. All right. We we just need to find a sponsor to pay us to go. Elfinstone DQ. <laughs> yeah. I think we are literally talking to the dairy the dairy queen. Yeah. 
Too bad they already sponsor another podcast. <laughs> Look at this. They sponsor the of show interest. that Sheldon's not on. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm laughing about that. That's funny. Uh, <laughs> Good to have friends. Yeah. Yeah. Finding out who my friends are. Um, <laughs> who needs enemies when you have friends like us? <laughs> Sheldon knows that too. too much. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? <laughs> um, these these Ottawa Red Blacks, I I just don't know. Hey, do you remember when they beat the crap out of the Riders? Yeah, you remember when they beat Winnipeg? They like there's always this what, two game. minutes left. There's always this game or game? two when the Red Blacks, yeah, they came back down yeah. by 19 or something. Yeah. And won in overtime. I didn't watch that at work or anything. So uh, Crumb Dog Millionaire, the Crumb Back, all of this magical stuff. I don't want to put this all on him. I, I don't think that the O-line has played up to their potential. I think the receivers have struggled as well. Um, But next year... Bob they Dice have to be again. better. They oh, have to be course. better. Yeah. I the fans and I do not blame them. They were very spoiled, I think, early in their tenure back in the CFL. Except they had to put up with Henry Burris. <laughs> hey, he turned around another franchise, brother. Um, but since maybe Henry, you could take over for Sanchez and turn the <laughs> <laughs> Since Henry, I, I know they had Harris for a little bit, but since then, uh, since that 2018 Grey Cup appearance, it's been very rough in uh, the nation's capital. I know there's a lot of excitement this year with Kahari Jones coming on as the OC, and it just has not, not turned out. If there's a team that needs to turn it around into 2024, it's it's the Ottawa Red Blacks. But now that East, Moss and Machocha come in in Montreal with uh, – Weeks behind the eight ball of free agency, and they're on the brink of hosting a home playoff game. The Argos are the Argos. The Ticats might have a changing in the guard. We'll see what happens here. But the Ottawa Red Blacks have a tall task ahead of them, Ty. Yeah, it's crazy that in a nine-team league, we have two teams. Like, the last two years have been so subpar. Yeah. It almost feels like a free space on the bingo card. Mm Mm-hmm. And, you know, at some point you have to be able to turn it around. And it's tough because a lot of it you got to do through free agency in this league because the draft is only five, seven rounds. Yeah. yeah. And you can only draft Canadians. So you're you're banking on your scouting department going down south and finding these guys that you can plug into your lineup. And and it, it's just so tough. Like, yeah, you can turn a team around here pretty quick with free agency, but you got to get those big names. And if big names aren't coming there, you're just going to tread water. Sheldon, the Argos are 13-2. and two. Three more wins. They match the highest win total in a CFL season, although it did not end well for Edmonton when they went 16-2. and two. They've got Ottawa twice and Saskatchewan. Are they going to get to 16-2? and two? Well, they should, uh, but Dinwiddie has shown that he doesn't really care. So... Uh, but I don't think they're going to beat Ottawa twice. I think Ottawa will probably beat them one time. Well, and, and Toronto's not going to want to show other teams much. No. 
No. And that last, like, I have no expectations of the Riders beating even their third stringers. So uh, they... I'm loving this right now. This is <laughs> this is my happy place. I'm glad someone is. <laughs> I'm self. I'm a self self loathing yeah, rider yeah. fan. Like this is just. I've 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 reached that point, and it's. it's I live sad. in misery. It's yeah. it's a great place to be. You're never disappointed. Well, now you got some company. Because <laughs> misery loves company. <laughs> uh, I'm looking at my fantasy lineup. I got the Alouettes defense, Jake Mayer, Kadeem Carey, James Butler, Reggie Bagleton, Alex Hollins, and Terry Godwin. Uh, Sheldon, I was in the Champions League, but the bottom 50% of the league gets eliminated after one week. So I was in uh, the Champions League for one week. <laughs> You're basically Manchester United. <laughs> You're still like second place in the the. Fight Cancer League, aren't you? Second or third? I think so, but I don't I know if second pays anything. I had a bad Thanksgiving. I I trusted <laughs> that the I don't know why. Uh, it's always the uh, the old hindsight is twenty twenty. You, you take yeah. the Argos, thinking, hey, it's a hundred and fiftieth anniversary night. Chad Kelly's going to throw five touchdowns. No, that's not <laughs> what happened. <laughs> and yeah. they still crushed the Elks. Uh, Sheldon, what's your lineup looking like? All right, so I got the Calgary Stampeders on defense. Uh, my quarterback and captain is Jake Mayer. Oh, oh. My running back is uh, Mills and Carey. <laughs> my wide receiver is Reggie Bagleton uh, and Odom's Dukes. And my flex Both is... Both guys that uh, didn't practice. Uh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> my flex is uh, Marky Michelle. I have 6.9 thousand left. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> It's like Shawn Michaels when he's walking down the ramp. <laughs> yep. It's a bold strategy. We'll see if it pays off. Yeah. Uh, Ty, what's your lineup, man? Well, this is the first lineup I've remembered to set in weeks. Okay. So bear with me. But I have the Stampeders defense. I have <laughs> I have Trey Ford, uh, James Butler, Kadeem Carey, Bagleton, Mack, and Hatcher. Okay. With 3.4 left. <laughs> Pick'em is crazy. Lions yeah, Ticats. I don't know if Lions Ticats is easy. I I think that's probably the biggest toss-up of the week, yeah. I think. Uh, I think I'm going to take Hamilton. I'm going to take Calgary, Montreal, and Toronto. Uh, Ty, who are you taking? Well, I'm not taking Hamilton because I'm just not taking Hamilton. <laughs> right to the very end. <laughs> yeah, like that's a hill I'm going to die on. Uh, Calgary, Montreal, Toronto. Yeah, that's what I have to. BC, All right. Calgary, Montreal, Toronto. Yeah, there we go. Week 19 in the CFL. Sheldon Jones, Brazilian I'm tie. I'm also fully me. expecting a text tomorrow. What did Hamilton ever do to you? And then I have to reply <laughs> again with you know damn well. <laughs> you called it a mountain. <laughs> yeah, like get out. Step one. <laughs> yeah, it's it's an outcropping at best. <laughs> hey, this uh, was not as much of a train wreck as I thought it would be. Fun. I mean. <laughs> the the bar have, is like yeah, here. <laughs> like you, you can't even see the bar. Yeah, that's true. That's true. 
you can rate, review, and subscribe to Tune Out on your favorite podcatcher. If you want to see us on uh, YouTube, you can do that as well. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for being here, fellas. And uh, we'll talk to one or, I guess, both of you next week. I've got, I am home. I, I demobed. OFG. Home, home. <laughs> I got paid. I got, I'll do some quick math here. Oh, know, okay. I'll, and then I'll post a Shane McMahon gif. <laughs> Are you telling us your paycheck? I got paid for 27 and a half hours on Monday. To what? drive. To drive home. How do I get that job? Work a stat. But I just want to drive back and forth. I don't want to do anything else. Just oh, be a truck driver. Yeah, you can be a truck driver. <laughs> That's true. Can I be your driver? Ooh. <laughs> now we're getting somewhere. <laughs> just remember how Tyrell treats his assistants. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I better press stop now. <laughs> We'll talk to you next week on Two and Out. One. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.